Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. DNVR Broncos podcast coming to you live from Studio A here at the DNVR bar. And the A stands for Avs going to the cup mother effing final. Let's go. Let's go. And what an incredible fashion. I mean, just every way they've done this have not lost a road playoff game yet. Sweep the Western Conference Finals and with a dramatic comeback overtime win. Uh, Just le- a legendary game. I was sitting down there as the third period started and I was just thinking to myself like, well, at least if they win, it's going to be epic. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, of course, when, when they make it 3-2, you're like, yeah, they're going to win. Yeah. Then they go down 4-2, and you're like, okay, maybe tonight's just not their night. And then they found But then they get up 5-4, and I'm like, there's no chance. And then when Edmonton scores, I'm like, this is something you haven't seen yet, where Edmonton actually responds because they hadn't done it all series. It's really true. I I mean, I guess in game one when they went down 7-3, they responded a bit, but they never got the lead back. Um, So DraftKings was doing a thing where they gave you two 25% Mm, live profit boosts. I put one on Avs money line down three one okay. uh, with the profit boost is like plus five sixty seven, but I also put one on Avs in sixty, which would have been plus seventeen hundred oh if they were able to goodness. hold on to that lead. Wow! Uh, so that was the one. So you one still came time. out plus still, still, four yes, something. Yes, exactly. Came out very much on top. Uh, amazing night here at the bar. Some tears, laughs, smiles, drinks, yep. all that good stuff. And now we prepare for a cup final in the bar. Uh, yep. Oh, man. It's going to be so cool. The first championship series that this bar has had. Yeah. The only um, quote-unquote something like that is like the Buffs basketball team played in a Pac-12 championship. It's the only other thing that we've gotten at that, you know, in terms of there's a trophy on the line. No disrespect to your no. buffs. My guess is this is going to be a couple of notches higher. About 10,000 notches <laughs> yeah. higher. Um, but I just remembered because I was like, this is the first chance that right, there's right. a championship. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I think this is the most fun I've ever had watching sports. Oh, man. It is. So, and it, it, the environment here, you, you can't beat. Ryan, I know a, uh, a buddy that's going to fly in. Not to go to a game, but to come here. You know, and we were talking about this last night, like me and AJ and the guys up here after they, were, they finished the post-game show. And I was like, look, I desperately want to go to a game at the stadium in the cup final, something I've never done in my life, um, even in the other two. But if you told if, – if the Avs, knock on wood, have a chance to clinch – the cup final, and you said you could be here, or you could be there. I would be here. <laughs> oh man, I love it! So you can't be buying game. You got to get in the first first that's, couple. That's the goal. Yeah, yep. I, I think we have them all but secured. Hey, so we're going. But I love it. Yeah, uh, just just amazing. Plenty of room on the bandwagon. Like, oh, and, yeah. and and I'm being serious. I'm not I'm not using bandwagon as a uh, bad term. Yeah, I said it yesterday on Twitter. Bandwagon fans are what make deep playoff run special because it goes from like the diehards to everyone on now everyone's an abs fan you're mm-hmm. if you're you know anywhere around this place you're in denver you're an abs fan right now yeah. so join and uh, and and take it all in all right uh let's transition from the highest importance to football in june which is even a higher importance <laughs> in this town than the abs in the not Stanley quite. cup not quite <laughs> but it is very important and uh, it's 
it's one of those things where it's getting close. Like the Avs are doing us an incredible favor here because they are essentially, and I guess I can say this without jinxing anything now, they're essentially going to carry us into the, as close to training camp as any team possibly could other than the Rockies. They're likely going to carry us so we have less than a month gap. Yep. Because as long as this thing goes till we don't know the official start of training camp so, yet, but it's like June, July twenty eighth, twenty ninth, thirtieth ish, and this Cup Finals can go till the thirtieth. Is that right? I think so. So what we kind of know now, and, and why we should probably be going for the Rangers. I don't really care. You know, put whoever in front of them. Um, but is if the Rangers win in five, which I don't think they're going to do, but if they win in five. The series would start on the fifteenth. Um, that's the earliest it could that's start. The earliest it could Man, start. Man, so we're eight days away. I know, but Woo. it could likely go um, twelve up to twelve days um, that they ah. would have to wait. So, but you know, you look at that. So then you know, start, you start wow. the eighteenth or the nineteenth, um, and then it could go all the way to the thirtieth. And there you go. I mean, hopefully it doesn't. Right. Hopefully the right. Avs take care of business quickly. Man, almost a two-week break the the Avs could be facing. Yeah. That's nuts. I mean, the only other sport you ever see that in is football yep. when you when you get the bye week. Yeah, and, and what I'll say about that is the Avs have been really good coming off of rest. So rest them up. Mm-hmm. Maybe even get Kadri back. Uh, rest can go either way. It, it can either be a great thing, you get some guys back, you get healed up, or it can be, it, it's just however you want to spin it yep. in the end. If you come out and sweep, you're like, the rest helped. Uh, like the Rockies, if you come out and get swept in the World Series because you had so much rest, it's like, well, okay, the rest hurt. So here's the difference, in my opinion. The Rockies weren't actually good. <laughs> they were, They just had magic. <laughs> You know what I mean? They literally, I mean, they won 21 out of their last 22 games when they were out of the playoff. Like, they literally couldn't afford to lose one more game than that. And so they just caught lightning in a bottle. And sadly, while they waited for the stupid Cleveland Guardians, I guess now, um, to blow it, the magic wore off. There's... The Avs aren't playing with – they're not using no, magic. No, 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 no. But that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. the rest, in my opinion, can only help them mm-hmm. because they're yep. they're the best and you give the best some rest yep. and you might just <laughs> Keep build going. a nest. There we go. In a nest that holds a trophy. <laughs> How about that? There you go. <laughs> well, Ryan, Russell Wilson had some rest from throwing his first interception of OTAs on the very first play last Monday. He had a couple of OTA practices last week, and then he had some rest over the weekend. Uh, He looked good. He Mm. looked good. But it was really only two plays where he looked good, not because he looked bad in other plays, but Ryan yesterday was offense is going to lull the defense asleep. They were singing lullabies to them, putting them to bed. I mean, Ryan, we're talking screen left, screen right, a crosser, a little dump off to the to the running back in the backfield. And it's so tough to tell how those plays actually work out because you're not being tackled. And so it's really tough. So it was just a lot of those. But, you know, Russell looked good throwing those passes. and um, But then once the defense was asleep, about midway through the team period, Russ dropped back, Bradley Chubb coming off the edge. Russ steps up in the pocket and delivers a moonshot. And I'm telling you, this was the first time where I've noticed like a moon ball from Russ because all I saw when the ball was in the air was I saw Albert O ahead of all of the defenders, but then I saw two or three defenders right there, and I thought this ball was going to come short right into Justin Simmons' hands. I thought it was going to be an atrocious interception and underthrow. But the moon balls, they just sail. They sail and <laughs> sail and sail. And it just it fell out of the sky right over all of the defenders, straight into Albert's, Albert O's arms on the left sideline. The Broncos put this out on Twitter yesterday. Uh, and it, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be picked when you see it from that angle, and that's going to be the game angle that we see. But coming from the Russell Wilson angle of where he's throwing it because we were right behind him, it's just crazy how the ball just floats and floats and floats. But that was a 50-yard completion right there. Wow. Yeah, the way that he throws those is such a stark 
contrast from the way that Drew Locke or even Teddy Bridgewater Big threw. Time. Yeah. Um, Drew had a huge problem of putting those things too flat. Yeah. And Lasers. Yeah, and, and so many times he overthrew open guys because of it. The, the great thing about that that moon ball, you know, just from a f- literally a physics standpoint, like you're giving the player more time to figure out where it's going. Right. Um, and I guess that's not that's like not not physics. That's just like <laughs> logic. I don't know. I don't know. But that's you know what I mean? Moon ball logic. You, you throw it flat and it's too far. Mm-hmm. You've got like three steps to try and get on your horse and go get it. Yep. Whereas you throw it high and it's too far. You've got plenty of time to turn on the jets and run underneath it. Mm-hmm. The same thing is true of the other way around. You throw it high and it's short. Well, you got time to come back to it and probably end up just drawing a pass interference. But that's why he's the best. In my opinion, the best deep ball thrower in the league um, is because of the altitude that he puts underneath the ball giving his receivers a chance to adjust to it and i bet what you'll notice is over time they'll get better at it um you know it's a it's a little bit of an adjustment thing but it's such a weapon for the wide receivers because obviously in most cases they're looking at the ball and the defender is not Mm -hmm. so you can use you can do little tricks like if you watch dk metcalf he'll he'll do like little tricks when the ball's in the air where he'll like kind of stutter step and get them to move and then he like falls back and goes and gets it so they'll get even better and better and better over time at using that trajectory to their advantage and something else is it throws off the defenders because like you're saying ryan the the defenders go up against this once or twice a year now it's going to help the broncos defenders go up against players like that throw a deep ball like this because that pass was actually underthrown. Albert O, he turns around and catches it like with his belly. It wasn't a, a perfect pass yeah. by, by any means, but that Justin Simmons, he was thrown off by it because it was not like Justin Simmons couldn't go back and get it. No, he was just thrown off by the trajectory of it and literally thrown off by like a yard or two. Albert O had some decent separation, even though it was an underthrown pass. But something else, just a small tidbit from here, Ryan, Albert O getting good separation on Justin Simmons deep down the sideline. When we talk about Alberto, we talk about how he could be a deep threat. He could be a threat to this team if he's used properly. And one thing that I'm impressed with is the Broncos are using Alberto, despite them not thinking he's an he's an all-around tight end, which he's not. They're still using him. And the fact that he was able to get separation deep, it was a receiver route. Uh, and it was a receiver play that he made on Justin Simmons. It's really encouraging for he and uh, Russ's connection. Yeah, love to see that. So the last OTA, you really said the defense Big dominated. Time. Big time. Who won yesterday? Well, the two deep shots probably gives the offense the, the, the lead here. But, I mean, there was nothing else besides those two deep shots. It was just it was screens, and it was screens. And it was screens. and It was very pointed work. Yes, yes. It was very pointed work. And Nathaniel Hackett said they were working on third downs yesterday. Uh, So third and six, maybe. I hope they're not throwing screens on third and six. I I was surprised to hear. I thought, honestly, he was going to say it was a screen day uh, because of that. But uh, Hackett also said uh, that the defense was bringing pressure throughout practice. So maybe that was their way of countering that a little bit. And one way that the Broncos countered this pressure was... uh, Russell Wilson made a check at the line of scrimmage before a play once he saw some pressure coming and he and he evaluated the defense. It was such a good check and such a subtle check. Nathaniel Hackett didn't even notice that this was coming. Russell Wilson drops back to pass. Uh, he's scanning the field, and then all of a sudden, in Nathaniel Hackett's eyes, the ball is going in the air, and he's saying, what the hell is going on? Because there was not supposed to be a deep route here. He just thought that Russell Wilson was throwing just a deep bomb to no one, a pick, a punt, uh, essentially. And no, Tim Patrick was right there because Russell Wilson made the check. Tim Patrick picked up on the check right before the snap. Tim Patrick had a step or two initially. He had a couple steps on on uh, Michael O.J. Mudia. It was in the middle of the field, something that we have not seen yet. About a 50-yard bomb. Michael O.J. Mudia did a good job making up ground to be there right when Tim Patrick caught it. So Tim Patrick was essentially tackled right away. But that was a great ball because that hit Tim Patrick in stride. Great catch by Tim. 50-yard completion in the middle of of the field, something that uh, we talk about Russ maybe not working the middle of the field all that often, but also just something we haven't seen in these OTAs yet. So deep post was it was he he it, it wasn't exactly post it was a skinny post I guess because okay. he he started in the slot. Oh okay nice 
Uh, that's awesome. Yep. I mean, just stuff we haven't seen. Yep. Even in practice, really. I mean, we, you know, I'm sure we could go back and find some notes that we had. We're like, oh, there's a 50-yard completion right. down the sideline. Right. But it feels like this is something that's going to happen multiple times per game. And this is this is the thing where these were just two plays, and they did not run like a 60-minute full what what would have equated to a game. And those two completions, Ryan, that's two completions for 100 to 130 yards, depending on if Alberto is able to take off for the touchdown. What did you see out on uh, Colfax? I, I think they're like cleaning our windows or something. So something just like dro- like a giant <laughs> dark thing just dropped down next to us. I was like, what is that? Um, anyways, yeah. Um, so the defense, though, still really held their own in this practice. They did. They did. And Ryan, specifically one person on defense held their own. And I'll tell you about who it was right after I tell you about mm. our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Because, Ryan, now is the time to get in on the Avalanche. And there's so many fun different bets you can do on the Avalanche. And DraftKings is always just throwing you little bones. 25% profit boost. I got those as well. For live game, they give you part, same game parlays. Stay tuned. I'm sure they're going to be giving you some Something for the Warriors series tomorrow when they play on Wednesday. Uh, my pick of the what week. What this two days rest BS? Oh, man. It, it feels wrong not having uh, either a finals or an Avs game on a night. Just go every other day. Yeah, exactly. And that's what hockey's going to have to do if they're, if they're making it quick finals. Uh, that's the way it should be. Yeah. And that's how hockey's done it. Every single game of the playoffs has been every other day. And I love Avs. it. And, and I and I absolutely love it. And get in over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You have $5 on either team to win this next finals game in the NBA Finals. You get $150 in your account right away. That's all you need to do. Bet $100 or bet $5, get $150 in your account. Then you can use that money on the rest of the NBA Finals or you can use it on the app. Avs winning the Stanley Cup. <coughs> Excuse me. So head to the App Store now. <coughs> oh, not again. Uh, it happened at this time yesterday, too. <laughs> Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNBR when you sign up to get $150 in free bets by placing a $5 money line bet on either team in the NBA Finals tomorrow. Must be 21 year older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, um, maybe you're not on the Avs bandwagon because you have been watching the team all season, or maybe you had no choice but to hop on the bandwagon because you couldn't watch the team all season uh, because greedy billionaires can't come to a deal allowing you to watch it on cable. <laughs> and our friends over to Vodka TV have a solution to that problem. They have created a streaming service that gets not just the Avs and the Nuggets, but also the Rockies. It's an awesome, awesome service. Uh, with so many great channels over at Avaca TV, and it's cheap. That's the big thing. Is like I saw the other day, some team was like the first team to create their own streaming service. Down in like the South, I think it was Atlanta or something. Something like yeah. that. It's like, oh yeah, like we're gonna be the first regional sports network to have our own streaming service. You can just buy this if you want, thirty bucks a month. And I was like, you can get the the Avs and the Nuggets and the Rockies and a bunch of other normal programming for less than that. Yeah, twenty five bucks a month. At Avaca TV, plus ten dollars for the receiver, but you get ten dollars off your first three months when you go to Avaca.tv/dnvr to get it. So it's such a great deal, um, and you're gonna see these things start popping up. And I just, I'll just keep saying, eh, better, better deal over at Avaca. Yep. Oh, uh, 100%. And Ryan, we've told you, this is the place to watch the Stanley Cup Finals. It is going to be so cool. We've even had people on Twitter last night saying they're making the, what, 15-hour drive from Dallas, I believe, or somewhere in Texas, Houston, uh, all the way up going to be here for Game 1, a guaranteed. This is the place to be. Uh, So if you're in the area, you got to be here. If you're not in the area... You might think about coming here here in order to be here. It's going to be crazy. And here's the other thing. Like, let's just be real. Uh, Stanley Cup tickets are insane. Like, I was lucky to know someone who knows someone who could get me tickets at a reasonable price. Not everyone is that lucky. And certainly not everyone is lucky enough to just be able to buy them out of pocket, which I totally understand. Um, Come here. Yep. Like, you will get as close to that experience as you possibly can yep. by coming here. It's going to be shoulder to shoulder all the way through the bar, uh, you know, drinking beers, cheersing, hugging strangers, all that good stuff. I was literally jumping around in a circle with four people I've never met last <laughs> night after that goal went in. Like, that is, that's the ultimate dream. I literally am a addict for those moments. 
and you can get those here. One of the very few places in the world that you can get those for, for Colorado sports. I'm so bummed that I wasn't at the bar last night because I was finishing up some Broncos stuff, so I was watching the game and finishing some stuff. So I was in a much different environment. I had my window wide open, but in a very quiet neighborhood. And when the Avs went up 5-4, I heard a scream. And it, it was from a very distant, and I was like, oh, my God, is everything okay? And then I realized, oh, shit, that's from the game. Someone's mm. reacting. And then right when the Avs scored again, I just heard those screams that's for great. so long. There's some fireworks going off. So you want to be in Denver, too, for this, and it's going to be an absolute blast. A couple of quick shout-outs, too. Big birthdays these mm. past couple of days. Shout out to Allie yes. for her birthday. Happy birthday. What a. She got the ultimate gift. Well, I mean, on an Avs win, too. Yep. It really makes sense. The birthday, Allie, Avs, yep. all matching up. What 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 a day. So happy birthday. Hope she had a great day. Uh, my dad had his birthday on uh, Sunday. Happy got birthday, to hang out Pops. with him on uh, the weekend. So happy birthday, Dad. And then Nick Scott, our guy yes. Nick Scott, had his birthday Yesterday, wanted to give a big shout out, Nick. I hope you uh, were enjoying the Avs win for your birthday as well. What a great present! Oh my God, what what a day! What a day it was. Uh, Allie definitely had a good time. Yes, right on. I love to hear it. And one more shout out, Super Producer Kale, being a super producer, getting me a cup of water as I was coughing. So thank you, Kale, for letting me. Because that makes this me show. a super host. <laughs> right, you just bring your own. Because I, I don't need I don't need Kale's help on that one. Do you need his help on lots of other things? All right. Um, Let's keep it rolling here. You teased it up. One defender really held their own yesterday. Should I guess? Yeah, and you're going to know. That's her tip. No. Oh. Okay, let's go. Justin Simmons. No, because nope. he got beat on the yep. deep ball. He did get beat. I've said his name today. Bradley Chubb? Bradley Chubb. And uh, we'll get to Pat Sertan in just a second. But Bradley Chubb, we all expect Pat Sertan to be great this year. I mean, we do. Everyone in the building does. Pat Sertan does. National people are starting to pick up on it. Bradley Chubb could be great. I don't think anyone would deny that he could be great. People are not counting on him to be great. And what we've seen so well, far... The Broncos might be. They haven't signed him to an extension. I know, but I'm just saying in terms of like, if they want to win a Super Bowl this year... Sure, I think they would... I think they think it could happen. Okay. I don't I don't know if they thought Bradley Chubb was going to be great this year. I don't think they move Baron Browning to outside linebacker. I don't think mm. they draft Nick Benito. Maybe mm. they do one of those two things. I don't think they do all of those things. Maybe they don't even sign Randy Gregory. Uh, but so far, Bradley Chubb has looked very promising. And and I'm I'm touching I'm I'm nervous to say these things because we know that Bradley Chubb has flashed excellence. He did it for pretty much a full season his rookie year. And then he's flashed some things, but then the injury bug bites him and it just sets him back, sets him back, sets him back and we've seen that really ever since his rookie season. But Ryan yesterday, he was wrecking practice. Like like Von Miller used to wreck practice. Now, to be fair, the Broncos have a backup right tackle. They may, may be even on like their third string right tackle with Ben Braden getting snaps at right tackle to start because Garrett Bowles, not there at OTAs last week. He was there the week before, not there last week. Garrett Bowles was not there yesterday as well. Uh, he was not there last week for a family issue. Not sure why he wasn't there yesterday. Hope everything's okay with Garrett Bowles and his family. But that meant that Broncos had two backup tackles playing. And Bradley Chubb made it look like he was going up against two backup tackles and Calvin Anderson on the left side. But Bradley Chubb was flying around the edge. Uh, pretty much every single snap would have had multiple sacks on Russell Wilson, including on one of those deep bombs. Would have had a strip sack or two. He was so, so good. And this is coming on Russell Wilson, who who's a tough guy to take down and, and, and to get close to. But it also helps, again, backup tackles. But Bradley Chubb showing so much promise so far. Yeah, and in the comments, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that, says um, everyone expects Chubb to be great, just not healthy. I, I couldn't disagree more. Mm. I don't think – even when healthy, I don't think you've been able to count on him being – now, healthy sure. is a relative term. If you're saying the only time he was healthy was his rookie season, well, then yeah. But I don't think it's that cut and dry saying, like, oh, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be great. Um what I will, and then also you heard, wouldn't it be worrisome if he didn't dominate uh, second team tackles? Von Miller like never did, except for in the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, like it, it, I remember so many games where we said, "Oh, Von Miller should dominate here," and mm. he just didn't. 
Um, so it's, I don't think it's that simple. Obviously practice, uh, scenarios are going to be a little different cause it's not like you're game planning where you're saying like, Hey, we got to take Chubb away. So we're going to double him or we're going to chip right, him. Right. You're kind of just going straight up. So yes, you do expect him to win those matchups. But to me, I expect Bradley Chubb to be good. Yeah, me too. Me too. And, and it's kind of like, it's a little different than KJ Hamler, but I'm not expecting a huge season from I'm not counting on Bradley Chubb to have a big season just like I'm not counting on KJ Hamler to really have a season at all until he's able to prove it now anything they do additionally is great and both those guys are very talented so it could happen um but yeah sure backup tackles he should be doing that against it and we'll see if it can stay consistent but at least he's doing it um because on the other side Nothing else was blowing me away from the other pass rushers. Malik Reed was getting the start. Jonathan Cooper getting in there. Baron Browning as well. But it, it was the Bradley Chubb show. So it, it is fair. And it's just a grain of salt. That's why I don't want to make a big deal of it. But it, it was uh, a very impressive and good to see that. Because, Ryan, for this pass rush to be good, either Bradley Chubb or Randy Gregory is going to have to stay healthy the majority of the season and have a really good season. You can't get dud seasons out of both of these guys. And you know what? There's only one of those two guys that's on the field right now, and that's Bradley Chubb. So if you were to ask me who has a better chance at having a big year, I'd have to say Bradley Chubb because Randy Gregory is going to be ready for training camp. Uh, I don't know. When Nathaniel Hackett was asked about that yesterday, remember when Randy Gregory had this surgery, it was he's going to be there for training camp. Of, mm-hmm. of course, we hear this all the time. When uh, Nathaniel Hackett was asked yesterday, he said if if Gregory's going to be ready for camp, he said that's pretty far out. I I don't want to think that far out. Huh? Scary. It's scary. So it, at least Bradley Chubb's out there. You can't downplay this stuff because it just never works out that way. No. It Off-season just, injuries are like way worse in terms of diagnosing than in-season injuries. Yep, it feels. Yep. And uh, legitimately, like every training camp practice he misses i'm taking a half sack off my expectations oh boy uh and you're not crazy for for doing that yeah and like right now i'm at 10 yeah yeah and that would be the best season that he's ever had right exactly but you every training i mean how many training camp practices are there 14 or so yeah um so you get down to three (laughs) if he misses all of training camp that's (laughs) what i'm expecting yep straight up that's a perfect it's perfect yeah it really is every every (laughs) practice is a half sack for me yep that that's really good um speaking of injuries pat sertan was not dominating yesterday because he was on the sideline Uh, he did not practice yesterday um i i believe when he was walking off the field he he mentioned he had a contusion um, but that's not confirmed or anything. It, it is a minor thing with him, and I truly do believe that. I heard that. Sideline reporters Hackett. over there getting scooped. So. <laughs> Seriously. And also Jerry Judy, speaking of sideline yeah. reporters, when he walked off the field yesterday because he did start practice, then he was limping off, and I got, oh, my goodness. Uh, he told people that he had uh, his groin was acting up after practice. Nathaniel Hackett said it's not a big deal. We're being uh, cautionary here. That's how this should be. But it still does scare you a little bit. And Judy was pissed when he was walking off and, and talking about it like it's acting up again is, is kind of the, the body language that he was giving. So don't play him next week in, in mandatory minicamp. Don't play. Just just be healthy for training camp. And that's what they're doing with these guys, but especially Jerry. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it like the wide receiver room is stacked if it's healthy. All of a sudden, you know, I'll touch wood, but you take Jerry Judy out of the mix, there's not a one-for-one replacement for Jerry Judy. And so you're looking around like, okay, well, now who's going to play this role? Obviously, K.J. Hamler, you know, you envision him playing in the slot. Well, what do we know about K.J. Hamler? You know, it's only a matter of time for him, I'll touch wood. Um, And then, if you you know, if, if you start going below that, well, now you're... You're you're like the Edmonton Oilers. You got two good guys and nothing right. else. Yep, yep, a hundred percent. And we see how that goes yep. when you exactly. play a team that's actually stacked all the way around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that scares me. It does. Um, shut Jerry down. Not through training camp, please. Um, but what shut are you him- doing? 10, ten, five passes, five taken catches off. per yeah, day. Yeah. yeah um, Shut them down until training camp. Get it healthy. Do whatever you got to do. Those soft tissue injuries, man, um, are not 
they're just so scary and they're unpredictable and there's no it's not like a sprained ankle where it's just like yep after this amount of time it will be healed right so you might as well be as as cautious as you possibly can the 100 or as demarcus Ware would say precautious precautious yes of course demarcus Ware isn't i feel like i sometimes do those unintentionally yeah. just yes. as just as unintentional as demarcus was um speaking of guys that weren't practicing like i said garrett Bowles was not there hope everything's okay there randy gregory injured melvin gordon not there we'll see if he's here next week for mandatory minicamp um, kind of has to be right it's called mandatory minicamp for a reason yeah or else you get fined but i think <laughs> okay. he has been there for the mandatory mini camps i guess it's just been one because they didn't have mandatory mini camp in 2020 oh, right. with uh with covid billy turner not practicing kareem jackson not practicing jonathan cooper not practicing we already knew that ronald darby not practicing dj jones not practicing mm. telvin ajim not practicing uh a lot, lot what of guys. is going on is the off season a lot of guys not practicing just i'm not worried about it yet but it is something just to be aware of because, again, off-season injuries somehow always seem to be worse than in-season injuries. Yeah, it is weird. And and you just want to ever, like, get all the treatment, do whatever you got to do. You have to, like, you should be starting training camp at 99% health. Yeah. You know, you're going to have a couple guys who go on the pup or whatever. Um, but you, uh, it's OTAs and you're at, like, 80% health right now. Yeah. That scares the yeah. hell out of me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's bizarre. And so we saw a lot of guys, backup guys getting some play, including, uh, Michael OJ Mudia. Again, he did get beat by Tim Patrick. I liked his makeup speed there. Otherwise he had a pretty impressive day. Uh, he looked good. PJ Locke, maybe the Broncos backup safety right now. Um, which is which is interesting because of of Caden Stearns. Yeah. Now he he hasn't been fully healthy this off season either. Yeah, yeah another eye roll there. Um, but uh, PJ Locke, they really really like him. So keep an eye on him right now. He's making the fifty three man roster. He's the starting safety with Kareem Jackson out next to uh, Justin Simmons. Uh, and then Jonas Griffith continuing to get tons of run with the first team. So we talked about him last week, and he's certainly a guy to keep an eye on. Great. Uh, love hearing that, but man, I can't get over this injury stuff. And Ryan, where I noticed it the most yesterday, and I already said it when we were talking about Bradley Chubb, tackles. This is, it's it's concerning. But Russell Wilson can do great things, but you got to allow him at least a little bit of time to move out of the pocket because what's happening now is it seems like he's really working on staying in the pocket, but what also he's not really having a choice because just like you said, the pocket's just collapsing right away. And if the pocket collapses right away and there hasn't been enough time for the guards and center to push guys out of the way, then he's just going to get swallowed up. Exactly. And that's what's happening so far is the tackles are just getting eaten alive right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the worst, I I guess the worst I've seen Russell Wilson play, which is not his worst game, um, but the one that I was watching the closest was against the Broncos in 2017 and that's what they did is they got brad they got brad uh was it bradley chubb, bradley chubb and Von miller, yeah. then it would have been 2018 okay right no shane ray and von miller okay uh and shaq barrett and they collapsed around him and then used Derek wolf almost as like a spy right where he would you know kind of go out or and, and then just stop and yep. Von Miller got around the edge. Shane Ray or Shaq Barry was getting around the other edge, and he ran right into him. Yep. Uh, and it was one of the better game plans I've seen against Russell Wilson. That only works if you have those guys who can get that exterior pressure. Right. And if you do, you can stop Russell Wilson because, he, you know, it's not easy to scramble out of the front of the pocket. Right. It's really easy to go out the back if yep. teams are giving you that opportunity. And we know that that's definitely something that uh, that Russ likes to do is go out of the back of the pocket and, mm-hmm. and, make, and make plays. And we saw that the very first OTA practice two weeks ago that we watched. Russ was running everywhere, and it was electric. And that was like, okay, this is what he brings. Didn't see it much last week. Certainly did not see it yesterday either. Yeah. It's, uh, it's scary, but no one in the NFL has offensive line depth. It doesn't exist. Um, so my question is, left tackle Broncos should be fine with, with Garrett Bowles. Right tackle, though, because I'm talking about two of the guys that are fighting for the job, potentially. Ben Braden's kind of the fourth guy on this. But he's getting all the reps. It's starter. Not all the reps, but he's the one that's being getting the starting reps these past two OTA practices with Calvin Anderson on the left side. 
does it concern you that the Broncos just don't have depth, but also don't have a starter at right tackle or Billy Turner? I think Billy Turner's the starter. I think so. Too. Um, but again, like these guys got to show up eventually. I know he's banged up, whatever. It's just like, man, you can only withstand so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see what happens. Back to back practice of the offense looking not great. Yep. When you take out enough key pieces. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we hope Garrett Bowles is back soon. And the last takeaway, I, I mentioned him earlier, Albert O, Ryan, he's being used deep and short. He was catching some of those screens. He was catching some of those crossers. I just, I, I'd love it because I was worried that they viewed him as a one-trick pony in a bad way where they, they were going to punish him mm. and say, until you become a trustworthy blocker, you're not seeing the field. Because we've seen other coaching staffs do that with, with very similar players. Mm. They're not doing that, which I love. He is such a weapon that he needs to be on the field, and everything I've seen so far is that he's going to be on the field. How about Greg Dulcich? Uh, he was hurt yesterday too. Yeah, so he he wasn't. He wasn't. Man. He would. He had a helmet on, but didn't do anything from from what I saw. So, so so you did see Eric Tomlinson. This was the first time you really saw Eric Tomlinson uh, working with the starters. The mountain. He had a false start. And oh. when when a mountain moves, yeah, you, you notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, a shout out to Green Mountain Dental. Before we move on here um the abs gotta have you smiling yeah so you you gotta head down to green mountain dental and make sure your smile is right uh they will take care of you and when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over there they'll hook you up with a free sonicare toothbrush so you can always keep that smile pearly and white check out our friends over at green mountain dental huge abs fans over there yeah. uh so you know that, that that to me that comforts me uh, knowing that you know that that someone cares the way that i care no matter what it is right um, <laughs> So check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. All right, Ryan, should we hop into the comment section? Yes, let's do it. Do we have any super chats, Kale? I don't think so. All right. All right, first one here. Hold on. Coming in from... And you're going you're gonna to have to carry us, right? Yeah. <laughs> this just I can't get on the website for some reason. It's weird because it's working for the rest of us. And hopefully it's working for the people at home because AJ wrote a great ab story yes, that I he did. highly recommend everyone read. Um, it's, it's like so stylistically pleasing. Yep. Um... Windy City Bronco comes in and says, you're, you're wrong that Walton doesn't have a financial interest in the Broncos, and it's just an expensive toy to him. The Broncos' investment is part of the real estate play. Well, I agree with that, but that doesn't – anyways, we'll, I'll, I'll read the rest. The first step is to move the Broncos' stadium out by the airport. He needs the stadium and the team to be the anchor from there. He builds the retail, residential, and hotels to surround the stadium. He can even get the city to pay for a large portion of that development. Yep, we've talked about this a lot. Yes, Walton will have immediate incentive to make sure the Broncos are relevant, but after he has a stadium and real estate empire, does he care? If you think I'm wrong, consider the Ricketts family in Chicago. They own the Cubs, and yes, they made the investment to build the team up and win a World Series. Now that they're done with all their real estate development, they're cutting costs for the Cubs. They serve their purpose. I would much rather see Harris Group win this bid. That group is made up of sports people. They're exactly the kind of people that would make the investment in this team to keep it on the right track. That all sounds fine and good. It's not happening. Yeah, and uh, if, if there, there was a report yesterday, last night I think, that said uh, the winning bid is four point six billion, which that would kind of fit right in with the Forbes bid yesterday or the Forbes article yesterday saying the winning bid would be from Walt, Rob Walton right around four and a half billion dollars. Uh, and the reason you say it's all great and good, but it's not happening, is because let's say Harris can afford four point six. Rob Walton's just going to throw $100 million on it and, and say 4.7. And I think yesterday we talked about the positives that can come from having a wealthy owner while also saying it's not a guarantee. And and that's just the, the truth. Having money is not a guarantee that you're going to do everything you want in order to win. It's just we don't have a choice. The, the, the Broncos don't really have a choice. The, Nathaniel Hackett doesn't have a choice in any of this. You just hope that the intentions of whatever group – are going to be good. And and that's honestly what this is all going to come down to in terms of the success and where the organization goes from here is just the intentions of the owners. My like best case scenario is that there's a little Thanksgiving dinner rivalry over who's running the better teams in Denver. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, instead of comparing bank accounts, they can compare win totals and win percentages. Um, that's pie in the sky type stuff. But I, I get it. The real estate empire is going to be a part of it. Um, I, in, and like, I'm fully at peace with all this stuff. You know, I know Henry's losing his mind over the idea of a retractable roof stadium because he's just like, I, how could you take away like 
the Denver sunsets and all that stuff because you look at these retractable roofs, it's like it's like a skylight in your right. car right. Or, or a sunroof in your car. Um, and I'm just like, at, I'm, I'm coming to terms with it. Uh, it's happening. They're going to want Super Bowls and Final Fours and all that stuff coming to Denver, so get used to it. And I'm starting to come to terms with the fact they're moving the team out of downtown, which is legitimately heartbreaking to me. Like, that hurts my soul at the deepest, deepest part. But it's happening. What I'm saying is even if they do that and they build the stadium and they make the most successful real estate development in the history of Colorado over there, it's still not really making an impact on their wealth. Like, sure, they're going to make more money. But to me, you're not owning a team just to increase your net worth by a little bit when you're, you know, a top, what, 10, 20, 50 richest person in the world. Yep. Um, so, or is it a top hundred? No, I think he's, I think he's top 25. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it, it, it shouldn't be about that. I mean, I realize you got to really love money to get that much money, but I think that it's not going to be about sucking as much profit out of the Denver Broncos as you possibly can. You're going to do your little things to make all that money and getting the Super Bowls and the Final Fours are going to even increase that more. But that's not the whole play here. It can't be. And what you probably, probably won't get with Rob Walton is a Jerry Jones type of owner where he comes in and says, this is my team. I'm making the picks. Yeah. I'm signing the players. You're probably not going to get that. You may get that with, with the Josh Harrison. Maybe it works out. Maybe it's totally fine. But those aren't issues that we're realistically talking about with Rob Walton. Yeah. I mean... I legitimately, I, I maybe I'm crazy here. I don't even think it's worth mentioning the names of anyone else on the list. That's why we really haven't. <laughs> <laughs> and the list is down to four, by the way. It's, I don't. The list is down to one. The list is down to one. Uh, if you want, if he wants it, it's his. So I guess that's the only thing. If he decides he doesn't want it, which they literally bought the compound right down the street. Uh, you should it, probably get a better name than compound. I, I, that's what it is. <laughs> what, uh, what do you call like a giant plot of land where you're going to house a whole family? When I think of compound, though, I think of you know an industrial yeah. like tent that's there. Okay, um, like estate. A, a state isn't big enough in my opinion. Oh, it's bigger <laughs> than an estate. They bought uh, a campus. Yes, there we go. Yep. Walton University. Yep, 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 that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Where, where, where all the young Waltons will grow up yeah, and learn. They've got a quad yeah. in the middle, yeah. maybe even a library to oh, read about course, Walton family they, they history. They probably have their own stadium. You know how there's Mini Mile High right next to Mile High Stadium? They probably just will bring that over. Yeah, Mini Wally World. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's to me, it's done and dusted. I don't know. I don't, I'll never understand why we went through this whole song and dance <laughs> when it's going to the highest bidder. And I think that's going to be good. Uh, to me, y- you know, there, you can make a case for why this, why that. To be completely honest, I truly think the most important thing that the, an owner can have is money. And so if you were giving me a choice, I think I would still just pick the one with the most money and cross my fingers, yeah. as you would do with anyone, that they do it right. But if you got to have a guy that, or, or a group that doesn't have enough money, crossing your fingers doesn't get you more money. What do you mean? Like, if, if you have a, an owner that comes in who's worth uh, $7 billion, and that's what some of these groups are kind of averaging out to be, uh, you're just right in the middle of the pack with the rest of the NFL. Crossing your fingers isn't going to get you more money, oh, yeah. whereas Rob Walton, he doesn't have to cross his fingers to get more money. Right, and, you know, once you own an NFL team, obviously you have your other businesses and stuff that are going to make you money, but the NFL team is not going to, like, increase your, your worth. It, You're kind of going to be where you are. Especially you for there. a guy like Rob Walton, what, NFL franchises, especially after this Broncos sale, may go up $1 or $2 billion each. $70 billion, $1 or $2 more billion, doesn't matter. No, it's not doing a fix and flip on the Broncos. Yeah, so you can make, you can make an argument, though, Ryan, that for these other ownership groups, this is an investment. Because if these, if these groups yeah. have 7 to $10 billion and they're, they, they increase $1 to $2 billion in the next couple of years— it's ten to twenty percent right there. Yep. That's they, they just increase a huge amount for Rob Walton to do that. This team would to have the same ten to twenty percent income or it, it increase. He'd have to be increase seven to fourteen billion dollars. Yeah, and, and what's crazy is Rob Walton could literally 
drive his car down to by the airport wherever he wants to build I mean, a stadium. Someone else drive him down there. Yeah. Yeah. Pull out a, a suitcase full of cash and buy the stadium right then and there. Right. right. And just be like, oh, here you go. Five billion dollars. Have have this done in three years. <laughs> yes. Uh, please get it done quickly. How many suitcases is that? One really big one. <laughs> <laughs> you think you could get five billion dollars no. in an SUV? No. Like a, a huge SUV? No. What about a moving truck? Like a U-Haul? Not a big one, like one that you drive. I I think like a semi? Not not that big. Oh, like okay. the U-Haul that you get. So it's big. I don't think so. Okay, a semi? I think in a semi. No, I don't I think that might even be crazy. I maybe not. A hundred dollar bills. <laughs> wow. Kale's uh, trying to figure this out. So one billion dollars is Ten thousand feet what? tall. If you stack them, on <laughs> but see, that's what I was about. To, that's bills. what I was saying. It's crazier than than you think. Ten thousand feet. So then, fifty thousand feet tall. <laughs> How tall is that? Uh, I mean, that's less than a mile. How tall is Mount Everest? I don't know. It's a great question. Man, 10. Keep that Google machine working, it's, Kale. It's five, ten, five uh, Eiffel Towers, you said? Ten. Ten Eiffel Towers. Can you take that and put that in a semi? No. God, no. <laughs> Mount Everest is almost 30,000 feet tall. Okay, so $3 billion, which was, wasn't that the cost of the um, yep. Ram Stadium? Yep. Or ish, uh, it actually, I think it, I think it went up to four or five. Yeah. Okay. Four billion. Oh, I think so, it was three billion over uh, estimated price. Oh, which is nuts. shit. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So you need um, one and a half Mount Everest oh or one gosh. and two thirds oh, Mount Everest. You've got to be kidding me. There's no, I mean, there's no amount of cars that you can fit that in. No. No, no, that is insane. You need every semi truck in America. I guess wire transfers are a good thing then. Yeah, Venmo. Yes, yes. Oh man, how many vent? Isn't there like a max limit? I think Rob so. Walton's like every day for the next seven thousand years on yes, Venmo. You ten grand. <laughs> It'd actually probably be even longer than that. Yes, it would be forever. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's a way to take care of your kids, though. Yeah, but basically. Um, that's the other thing and that will make that and, and it's not like that comes out of his net worth you still own yep. the building yep. so your net worth only increases as the yep. uh, you know exactly. the area around it goes up so yep. <laughs> it's not like he's spending away his money and obviously net worth is not he doesn't actually just have that in cash i was i was you know creating a, a scene there it's a good scene. Thank you. I thought that, was, that turned out pretty well. Too. And I, I think it was a I think it was a Broncos player recently said like, yeah, the wealthier you get, the more free stuff you get. And it's kind of like this. It's like oh, that doesn't make sense that he would come here and the, the the city would pay for his stadium. Yeah, it's not fair. I would prefer it doesn't doesn't happen, but I'm just preparing myself for when it does. I think it's it would actually be beneficial for him to not have the city pay for it, especially since he can mm, afford it. Because then he gets all the income. Yep. Uh, from Denver Rivals, hey guys, thanks again for the great show. I agree with you that this potential ownership of Rod Walton has more upsides than downsides. Thinking of all his money and resources got me thinking. If if he ended up being the Broncos owner, what are some of the things you think he would do? I think he would go uh, he would go through making a crazy stadium entertainment zone, partner with the Cronkies, make Broncos land, huge Broncos and uh, Colorado sports themed amusement parks that would make Six Flags look like Pirates Cove. Uh, to the other parks in the nation. I would change up those jerseys, sign Russell Wilson, and the best one, make DNVR one of the top media partners of the team. Let's go. Imagine if they decided to build something out in the mountains rather than DIA area. (laughs) I know that would not happen, but having a massive stadium on a mountainside sounds like something out of James Bond's villain's dream. Either way, go Broncos. uh, Don, oh, donate and support uh, Denver Rivals. And I hope to see you all in attendance participating uh, on June 26th at DU's Lacrosse Stadium. Yeah, uh, can, th- that's like the one thing that could probably get stopped in Colorado. A proposal to build the stadium <laughs> on the front range. I would love it, though. That, <laughs> t- look at the home field advantage you could have. Put it in like Frisco, where there's a little bit of flat land. Oh, no. And I, then- I'm thinking like 
literally like on the mountain. Like you could oh, see when you're driving by the, the <laughs> That would be great though. If they think of the home field advantage. And then teams are flying into Denver. They're taking driving. a two or three hour drive to the mountains. <laughs> I mean, oh man. I, yeah, I've always said they can literally put the stadium anywhere they want and it will still sell out every single game. So like, oh, yeah. why not put it in Crested Butte? Oh, there we go. And <laughs> Tell your ride. Imagine. Yes, there. Now we're talking. And think about the December snowstorm games we would get. Take out the lake at the base of the Maroon Bells. Yes. Oh, Put man. the stadium there. That would probably be my favorite place. <laughs> Everyone has to do like a two-hour hike <laughs> right. to get in yes. the stadium. Still, 75,000 oh, strong man. every week. Sign me up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to get the Broncos land wally world whatever you want yep. to call it yeah um and it will probably end up being cool i'll still be bothered that not all four teams are downtown anymore yeah and we'll see if the nuggets and abs move out there it sounds like they have plans to inc- improve the area around build the practice facility i mean good it's a lot of lip service for yeah. sure yeah. but it make it seems like they would want to keep them downtown and i hope the rapids were a cautionary tale for the cronkies because mm. um, they thought like oh put it out in commerce city and you know that community will really rally around and right. i think it has a little bit but if you put that thing in downtown you'd sell out every game sure yeah absolutely all right melbourne bronco says my boys well i'm excited mr walton is about to be the owner i agree with rk he has been waiting to be a part of the uh, owner's club biding his time Waiting for the right franchise. I'm predicting a Denver dynasty is about to begin, and it will be glorious. Cheers. I hope that is like a multi-sport dynasty. Ah, wouldn't that be great? And and that's honestly one thing that at the beginning of this conversation, we're talking about the Avs being at their peak, going into the Stanley Cup Finals. And it would be pretty depressing if then we were talking about well, what quarterback didn't th- threw the fewer interceptions yesterday yeah. at, at OTAs? And it'd just be like, man, the Broncos are so far away from that. But they're not. They're not. They, they, they're really not. Now, they're months and months and months away from that in, in actuality. But for them being in the conversation to be a contender, we're right there. Remember, the first Avs Stanley Cup win sparked a big run for Denver sports. Yes, it did. 96, 97, 98. 2001 the golden age yep maybe yeah uh behan bronco i usually have some sort of music rolling uh in the background while i work recently i've been watching some games from the 2015 super bowl season one of the greatest parts of that team that year was amazing special teams play especially that punt, punt coverage unit Kayvon webster was a beast how much special teams do we get to see at this point in OTAs? Obviously, the focus is installing offensive and defensive schemes, but I can't imagine there's nothing going on in the kick-punt coverage world. This is an area I pray and predict the Broncos will be much better this coming season. Also, I'm not much of a hockey fan, but go Avs. Love that. Yeah, as of last week, the Broncos had not done, like, returner drills. Yeah. And so the special team stuff you're doing is the stuff that puts you to sleep. It is not the juicy stuff. It is the trenches. Yeah, and- it, 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 it's that stuff. It's, uh, you know, seeing gunners explode off the line. And Brandon McManus did kick yesterday. Didn't Yikes. Look good? No, not that good. Oh, watch miss, out. He'll miss, clap miss, back at you yes, on Twitter. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, miss, he, he, he did hit the upright, and then it went in on one of them. Oh. Um, but, maybe uh, he was trying to do that. Yeah, maybe. That that was about all we got. All right, last one from Dan Burke. Hey, guys, I'm not, at a, I'm not 100% sold on Russ, but, man, I'm forever grateful the Broncos didn't seriously entertain trading for uh, DePerv. I assume that's Deshaun. Uh, even more so now that more allegations are still coming in. Anyway... Um, considering that Ben Braden got a look at right tackle despite being a guard, is there anyone else in the roster that could be a surprise candidate to play tackle? Packers did something similar with Elgton Jenkins when he was drafted to play on the interior, but he played tackle when when injuries arise. I feel like that rookie center they drafted has the athleticism and measurables to maybe hang a tackle. What do y'all think? I think he's too small. Who? The uh, kid from Washington. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. I, I think he's too small as well. Uh, Eric Tomlinson is, is the other tackle that – no, not Eric Tomlinson. <laughs> Tom be. Compton, thank yeah. you, is is the other guy uh, who's going to get run there. Uh, and, heck, maybe Eric Tomlinson as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see about that. Um, as for the Deshaun thing, man – the whole thing is just so slimy and gross. I'm so happy that we don't have to cover that. Yeah, I've, and I feel for the uh, Cleveland media because it's just got to be such a weird thing to 
yep. deal with. Yep. Um, and the the worst part is that the Browns are just yep. blind eye to everything. 100%. Not addressing anything. Deshaun spoke once when he was introduced, has not spoken again. It is such a weird situation. It's and Baker's yeah. still on the team. Yep, he's gonna gonna get paid as probably of now. gonna be the starter. That would be wild, and he's not in any of this offseason stuff. Nope, as he probably shouldn't be either. I mean, they uh, they should trade him, I guess. Although if they want to compete next year, they're probably not gonna have Deshaun. Right. So may- maybe that's why they won't do it, and they're trying to keep him around. But he like doesn't like them. They don't like him. Is he gonna be suspended for a year? Deshaun. Yeah. Man, I think so. Wow. At least. Wow. And they gave up their first round picks for next year. So it's not like they would be okay with tanking and then just going at it with Deshaun next year. Yeah. And Oof. regardless of what the truth is behind all this, you kind of get what you deserve uh, as the Browns. Yeah. Um, because you don't know either. You know, they know right. as much as we know in terms of whether all this stuff is true. Yep. But they said, screw it. We'll mortgage our entire future. Yep on this they put winning above culture above ethics above uh, everything and even if you just took out all of the disgustingness and just said this guy may or may not be available at any point yeah for one for zero to two years we don't really know you still shouldn't be risking your entire future on it's wild It, it is wild so happy the broncos got the complete opposite of that, where the uh, the worst thing people are saying about Russell Wilson is that he's corny. corny. <laughs> G- give me that all day long. Yep. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm in full agreement. It's like it, it, I feel so at peace. Yes. Me too. Um. And did you see Russ and Sierra got put on the uh, Jimmy V Foundation board of directors this morning? No. Just kind of showing you. Again. Other good people. Yeah, the goats. All right, that is going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, for participating, for all the comments. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out, and go Avs.
taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com <laughs> 